Peace to you. Welcome back to The Naked Truth. We made it to the last chapter in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter uh, 31. In fact, um, as we complete uh, this book, we're making our way on through the Bible. If you want to read along with me, let's begin with verse 1. Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell slain on Mount Gilboa. So the Philistines are the people who lived in the area before the Israelites got there and colonized it or beginning to or attempting to colonize it. Philistines also are the same people that Goliath is part of, was a part of Goliath the giant. You know, if you remember the David and Goliath narrative in the story. So that's who the Philistines are. The Israelites are the people who they're um, defeating at this point in the story. But um, it doesn't include David and his army. It's Saul, who was the first king of the Jewish people, at least in the Bible, and his army that are being defeated at this point in the story by the Philistines. And they're actually fleeing in battle from the Philistines. Verse 2, Then the Philistines followed hard after Saul and his sons. And the Philistines killed Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malchishua, Saul's sons. So um, three of Saul's sons have been um, killed just like that in the battle. One of those sons you may recognize, Jonathan. That's David's lover, David's um, soulmate, as it's described, um, is gone now. He's been killed. And in that, in him dying that way, and all three of them dying that way, that um, is a fulfillment of the prophecy that Saul got when he saw the medium previously that we read about a couple of chapters ago. The person that Saul enlisted the aid of in making contact with the dead or with the other world as you may want to think of it um, to find out what he should do in dealing with the battles he's facing with the Philistines. He was given the prophecy in the, um, in the, during the seance by the prophet Samuel who was the one he made contact with who told him just what was going to happen and so far that's what's happening. He told him that his sons would die but he also told him he also would be dead and would be joining him in the grave. Uh, I believe it was just yesterday, I think he said, by tomorrow this time, he and his sons would be in the grave. And sure enough, his sons are already there. Verse 3, the battle became fierce against Saul. The archers hit him and he was severely wounded by the archers. So not only are his sons have, have his sons been killed, but now Saul also has been shot in battle with a with a with a arrow um verse four and wounded uh badly it seems verse four then saul said to his armor bearer draw your sword and thrust through with it lest these uncircumcised men come and thrust through and abuse me but his armor bearer would not for he was greatly afraid therefore saul took a sword and fell on it so um saul is asking for a mercy killing he's asking for um to to um for his armor bearer to mercifully kill him so that he doesn't suffer um, any more from the arrow damage, uh, but more specifically, he, so that he doesn't get killed by the opposing army, the Philistines. So um, one more example of where Bible thumpers just once again get it wrong. They thump a Bible instead of reading what it says. You just saw, we just read an example of a biblical patriarch Saul, the first king of the Israelite people, asking for mercy killing. That's what he's asking for. That's what we would call it in modern times. Um, and yet his armor bearer 
the person who carries his um, armor, basically, you know, like his suit of armor, his sword, his shield, his armor bearer refusing to do it because he's afraid. Um, but he still wants it because he doesn't want to face something worse than death um, by his enemies. Um, and since his armor bearer wouldn't do it, he went on and committed suicide himself. And um, or at least he's attempting to commit suicide himself by falling on his own sword. Um, and I say attempting to because I seem to recall that that's not where the story ends for Saul. Um, but that's what's happening here to this point. One other thing about that and suicide and all. The Bible thumpers will make you think that suicide is the unforgivable sin and that you'll go to hell if you commit suicide because you don't have a chance to repent for it. But that's all just more religion. That's not what the Bible says. We have the example of um, in the New Testament, in Christianity, since that's where the New what where the, the words of Jesus are contained in the Bible. Um, we have the example of uh, one of the disciples, Judas, committing suicide. And he doesn't go to hell for that. In fact, we know if you believe the Gospels, that Jesus says that the disciples are going to have a place, each of them sitting on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel in the hereafter. I'm paraphrasing it, but that's what Jesus des describes. And Judas is one of those 12. So if he's burning in hell, how is it, um, how is he also having a place, a throne to sit on in the hereafter? It doesn't make sense. It's what religion will do. And it's a slippery slope, believing the little lies, because they'll get you to trap into the big ones. So just as something to consider, um, that's not the only example of a suicide or at least attempted suicide in the Bible. But this is one of the earlier examples of it. Um, so anyway, verse five. And when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell on his sword and died with him. So now here it's saying that both of them died together. Saul um, died, his armor bearer saw that, and he also committed suicide also. Um, but again, that's not actually, I'm pretty sure that in the next book, Second Samuel, that's not um, how it all ends, but that's how I read here, so we're just going to keep reading because I could be mistaken in my memory. Um, it's been a long time since I read anything beyond the Gospels. Once I discovered Red Letter Christianity, I pretty much tried to immerse myself in that to just try to understand what it is Jesus has to say. And I put all these other Bible books out of the way because a lot of them will lead to confusion as we've read because they contradict each other sometimes from chapter to chapter, book to book, but sometimes even from verse to verse, they'll contradict each other. But as always, believe what you want to believe. And we're on to verse six. So Saul, his three sons, his armor bearer, and all his men died together that same day. So somewhere, so just like the medium told him, um, the spirit, Samuel, through the use of a medium told him, um, the prophecy he gave him came true. Saul is dead and his sons all in one fell asleep, all in the same day. And according to the narrative, the very next day after he saw the, um, had the seance and saw the medium. And I, um, some Bible thumping churches and preachers will have you believe that things like mediums and spiritists are um, just false or that they're even worse than something from the devil and all of that stuff. The Bible doesn't actually say that at all. And the way it reads, something about it must be true because the prophecy came true. She must have actually had the power to interact with the dead or at least with the spirits to be able to get that prophecy because the prophecy came true. 
It'd be different if she told them that and it didn't happen. She told them the pro. She acted as a medium because it's not her actually saying it. It's her who was induced by the spirit that she was able to make contact with. Contact with the spirit of Samuel, the Old Testament prophet, um, who gave the message to Saul. She herself didn't actually give the message. She just acted as the conduit for it. So regardless of what a Bible thumping preacher may tell you, clearly. What happened was um, a, a truthful, it was a truthful event of what happened. She couldn't have made up those details herself. And even if she did, she must be really good at what she did because they all came true. So believe what you want, but it's clear as day how it reads that what happened. Clearly, she did have the ability to contact the dead. Clearly, she was able to act as a medium and channel the spirit of Samuel. And clearly, the prophecy that she got or delivered or that was delivered through her to Saul was an accurate prophecy because the very next day it came true just like it said, just like the prophecy said it would. Verse 7, And when the men of Israel who were on the other side of the valley and those who were on the other side of the Jordan saw that the men of Israel had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they forsook the cities and fled, and the Philistines came and dwelt in them. So, the defeat was drastic enough and dramatic enough that it caused even the people who had not gone out to war, but who witnessed what happened, how it all unfolded, to flee from the areas that they had lived in, that they'd settled in, that they had colonized. Because remember, there were people living in those areas already before the children of Israel um, went through the Exodus story that we read about in the book of Exodus and arrived here to what's being called the promised land. In the same way, there were people already living in the Americas before Christopher Columbus and the colonizers got here and claimed it as their own and did the same thing, coveted the land for themselves, divided it up for themselves, stole it and took it for themselves and massacred and killed the people who were already living here, enslaving them, mistreating them, abusing them, making treaties with them and breaking treaties with them. All of the same wickedness that happened in America wasn't anything new. It is the same thing that the that happened in the um, so-called promised land here in the Old Testament also. So um, them seeing that Saul, their king, has been defeated and the army that went with him was enough to make them turn away and forsake those cities that they'd gone in and colonized. And the Philistines went on and took them over. Verse 8, so it happened the next day when the Philistines came to strip the slain that they found Saul and his three sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. So now as the spoils of war are being divvied up by the Philistines, in this instance, we've seen it be divvied up by other people who were the defeating armies before. Now it's the Philistines' chance to be the ones to divide up the booty. Verse 9, And they cut off his head and stripped off his armor and sent word throughout the land of the Philistines to proclaim in it, proclaim it in the temple of their idols and among the people. So um, they're celebrating the victory and one of the things they did was cut off the head of Saul and um, stripped off his armor and then they're sending out word throughout all their territory to let them know they had victory in war. Verse 10, then they put his armor in the temple of the Ashtoreths and they fastened his, his body to the wall of Bethshan. So um, the Ashtoreths are the gods and lords of the Philistines. That's who they worship. That's who they call Lord. 
Um, and like I said before, the word Lord and God are translated to Lord and God in English, but the words that they are translated from uh, vary depending on the people. Sometimes it's the Philistines, sometimes it's the Israelites, and either times, both times, they're still, they still translate back to other words, different names, different deities, different entities that are worshipped as their Lord and their God throughout the Old Testament, throughout the Bible. Um, Christianity is, like I keep saying, is not the entire Bible, is not Christianity, and the entire Bible has lots of different religions in it, not just one or two. So the Ashtoreths are the gods and goddesses of the people of the Philistines and the temple where they um, um, put up the spoils of war from the defeats that they got, uh, or the, the victories that they just got, that's where they put them up in those temples. Verse 11, now when the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, so now other areas that the Israelites have occupied have gotten word of what's happening with Saul, their king, and what happened uh, during the war and the defeat of Saul and his sons. Verse 12, all the valiant men arose and traveled all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshan, and they came to Jabesh and burned them there. So Saul and his sons, one of which is David's soulmate, Jonathan, uh, at least that's the English translation, the modern way of saying the relationship that Jonathan had with David, same David and Goliath David, had had a man, male, Jonathan, as his soulmate, even though he was also married to that same soulmate's sister, and even though he also had two other wives besides them. Um, it lets you know that whole idea of one man and one woman is what marriage is supposed to be according to the Bible is a lie. That's not what the Bible says at all. But it is what religion will have you believe. And many times, like I said again and again, the lie is just more popular than the truth. For whatever reason, it just is. Probably because it's what's trumpeted and what's loudest. Uh, but it still doesn't make it true. So anyway, the people have gone and collected Saul and his sons, their bodies, the remains of their bodies, and they burned them, so basically cremated his remains and their remains after rescuing them from where they were left by the conquering Philistine army. Verse 13, then they took their bones and buried them under the tamarisk tree at Jabesh and fasted seven days. So the people are recognizing the um, death of Saul, their first king, and his sons, um, by cremating the bodies and burying the remains under the tree uh, and then holding a fast for seven days. That doesn't mean they didn't eat anything for the seven days. Most likely it means they just gave up something in particular um, for those seven days. And like we've gone over before, a fast can be anything you choose to make it. It can be something you eat, something you drink, something you do. It can be anything you choose to fast from and then at some point break fast breakfast, the same word that breakfast comes from, uh, the same meaning, breaking that fast. At any point, you can choose to stop fasting from whatever it is that you've decided to fast from. Um, so, But that's what the people have done in recognition uh, of the fact that Saul, their first king, has been killed and his three sons. That, however, is the last verse in this chapter and the last verse in this book. So that's where we're going to end this reading. As always, thank you for joining me for The Naked Truth. 
I hope it's a blessing for you and that you'll join me again. I love you. Stay safe. It's crazy out there. You see another massacre. So be careful. Be blessed. I'll see you next time. Peace be with you.